morning. Thank you for joining us on this warm Lord's Day morning. We're so glad to have you, uh, Grace family, uh, sister churches and church plants. Uh, there's folks from foreign countries tuning in this morning, our missionary friends and their friends. We're so glad that you could join us. And of course, uh, we also like to welcome all of you who are our personal friends whether you're in the northeast ohio area or not um, we want to let you know that it's a tremendous honor uh, to have you join us this morning for our worship hour we'd like to just mention just real briefly uh, we would love to minister to you if you're hurting if you call our church phone office, a phone at the church office anytime. We'd love to um, speak with you. Uh, we can even have you come in. Uh, the governor's listed us as a, an essential uh, ministry uh, at this time. Um, we can have you come in and honor social distancing parameters. Uh, we can uh, minister to you over FaceTime or just over the phone. If you're in the community and you're hurting, or even if you're not part of our local community here in Northeast Ohio and hurting, uh, please call us. Uh, the phone number is on our website. Uh, I'll just give it to you here real quick. It's 440-255-7045. You can call us. You can contact us very easily uh, on our website and uh, ask for ministry help and encouragement during this time. Uh, we know how difficult it is. We know a uh, little bit of how difficult it may become and uh, no one needs to go through this alone. So we certainly hope to hear from you. Also, if you're a guest and you're visiting us uh, for our service today, we want you to do this. We'd like to give you a gift and we'd like to uh, honor your guest presence with us today. On your cell phone, <clears throat> if you text, if you will just text the word welcome, the word welcome to the number I gave just a minute ago, 440-255-7045, 440-255-7045, you text the word welcome, we will send you a special gift for our church to thank you for joining us this morning. And we'll be able to offer you any type of help or assistance uh, when we send that gift, uh, that might encourage your heart. So I personally, we would love to have knowledge of your guest visit with us. Uh, so please text the word welcome to that number and we'll look forward to getting in touch with you. And uh, we will pray for you uh, every Monday morning. We gather together uh, now over FaceTime <laughs> as pastors and we pray together. And we promise you that uh, we will pray for you and um, we'll look forward to hearing from you. This morning, we have the opportunity to sing four different times together. The first two times we're going to sing, uh, Pastor Mike is going to lead us a little bit differently than he did last week. Uh, we are going to be singing back-to-back -back hymns to begin this morning. Uh, so right after I pray, uh, we'll sing those two hymns. These are hymns that our whole congregation sang together, and you'll be able to hear the congregation sing and the words will be on the screen for you. 
as you follow along and we worship together in song with these two hymns following our prayer this morning. Uh, would you join me in prayer at this time? Thank you, Lord, so much for this Lord's Day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together to worship you today. We're reminded the very simple but yet humbling and joyful words of the Lord Jesus where he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. So Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to worship together in our homes, to worship together in this community. And Lord, we pray that everything that you hear and see from us today will be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, let's sing together.
wonderful, wonderful singing God's praises uh, together. Uh, blessed truths that encourage our hearts uh, to be sure. We trust that you uh, enjoyed learning from those words, those familiar tunes uh, from each other this morning. Uh, today is a fifth Sunday. These are Sundays where we typically take the evening service off, but we're going to do something a little bit different because these are different times, uh, to be sure. Uh, there are three things that we'd like to encourage you to do tonight at six o'clock. Obviously, if you study God's word with someone in the church, we'd really encourage you to get with them over FaceTime or whatever format that you use and study God's word together. Uh, if you're trying to reach someone uh, in the community, who needs Jesus, a personal friend, I would just encourage you to call them to see how they're doing, see how their family's doing, and uh, offer any assistance that they might need, and just um, maybe renew that friendship that's been set aside as we all uh, transition into our temporary uh, new normals. The third thing that we would like to do tonight is uh, come back here at 6 o'clock, and I would just love to have some scripture reading with you, some prayer. And then I would like for you to send in to me, to text to me, some questions that you might have about what's going on right now. Or maybe text a testimony of an opportunity that you've had during the last couple weeks. And uh, we would just love to spend some time together that way. Uh, so I'll be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. You're welcome to join us. It'll be a little less formal uh, than this morning, uh, but we look forward to spending time with you in that way. In just a moment, we're going to have uh, a guest appearance from a popular or backed by popular demand um, entity, if you will. But before uh, that appearance, I would just like to sincerely thank you for worshiping through giving during this time. Uh, I was always taught by my high school basketball coach that the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. And um, these are times that are testing all of us from so many different ways. And I think we all know it might get a little bit more burdensome in the days ahead, but for every burden, regardless of the degree in which God sends our way, he gives grace enough to live and persevere through that trial. Uh, but you've done that through giving. You continue to faithfully worship the Lord through giving, and I want to personally thank you. Uh, the commission of Jesus Christ, the great commission of Jesus Christ continues um, even though probably uh, equally so or more so during a time like this uh, through the local church. And we seek to honor our mission statement as a church. We exist to glorify God by evangelizing the lost and equipping the saints with the goal of Christ-likeness. So thank you for supporting that. Our children's ministry has done a tremendous job um, this uh, last couple weeks in providing for your kids materials 
to study for Sunday school. I even received pictures this morning of parents sitting around uh, kitchen tables and sitting on couches doing the Sunday school lessons with their children and reading them, th uh, leading them through the scriptures. That was a tremendous encouragement. Thank you for sending those to me. Uh, and by the way, keep sending those pictures if uh, folks are comfortable being on camera at this time in the morning from uh, where and how you're worshiping together this morning from your homes. But in particular, it's a great blessing to see you doing this with your kids during Sunday school. And uh, Pastor Hobie, I don't think there's anyone else in the world that um, can can uh, speak to or or uh, keep the attention of children the way Pastor Kent can. He's done a wonderful job the last two Wednesday nights, and at six o'clock each Wednesday, seven o'clock each Wednesday night, he'll be taking a half hour to minister to our kids in very fun and creative uh, biblical ways, and. Um, uh, back by popular demand, uh, we've got to thank the hand. Pastor, oh, there it is. There it is. The hand is back, uh, honoring social distancing rules. There's at least six feet between us, I think. Oh, he brought the sanitizer. It's there again. Uh, no, there, there it is. We're not going to share that sanitizer. That's just for the hand. And the hand will be back with us Wednesday night, and I'm guessing every Wednesday night until this whole ordeal's over. So join the hand and join Pastor Kent on Wednesday, you kids, uh, for another great time of fellowship and fun. All right? We're going to have the opportunity again to uh, sing together another hymn. There's a family in our church, uh, the Richards family, that has... Uh, put together two hymns. We're going to sing along with them, similarly to the way we did with Pastor Mike last week. The words will be on your screen again. Uh, we'll sing this hymn, and then we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into God's word uh, this morning. So please join us now uh, as we sing.
Thank you, Richard family, for leading us in worship this morning. What a precious text, right? Uh, many of you could probably sing that by heart without even looking at the words on the screen. It's a great time to state that and to ask ourselves. We can sing, it is well, with our souls and then ask ourselves, is it well uh, with our souls? And um, uh, tremendously introspective, but uh, helpful for all of us. And certainly, uh, when we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, He becomes our peace within our hearts because He is our peace. He's created peace between us and God, and it is forever well with our souls in Him. As you join us week to week, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, um, I would say not to take any thought for tomorrow. Behold, today uh, should be the day of your salvation where you completely and totally give your heart to him as your Lord and as your King. Um, it's not good to trust in a church, a pastor, a priest, help you exclusively only the Lord Jesus Christ who was sent by God as the God man to live a perfect life and to die for our sin on the cross of Calvary can be our peace can be our salvation John chapter 1 says behold him as the lamb of God that has come to take away the sin of the world. So behold him for your own heart, for your own soul's sake, for eternity's sake, and find your way to turn from your own ability to save yourself, turn from the brokenness of your own sin and trust him who died for that sin and brokenness to heal you spiritually. Anyways, you'll hear a little bit about that as you join us week to week, we hope to get to know you during the week, as we explained before. But this morning, we're going to spend a few minutes together in God's Word. So if you take your Bibles, if you have them on your device or in book form, your paper Bibles, and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just for this time, we're going to... Um, dispend from a book study together and providentially as God would have it as you normally understand we, we look through a book one book a, a year together in the morning service we'll start that when this whole ordeal's over but for now I just thought it'd be appropriate to select various passages throughout the scriptures that would remind us who God is what he's done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ and how he seeks to be the comfort and the solace and the advocate of our hearts so that we could be the same to each other. And I think this classic passage on the comfort that God brings to us in Christ is good for us as a church family and as friends abroad to consider, again, during this exclusive time of trial and affliction that many of us have never seen in our lives before. But we're going to be in this text at least for this Sunday and next. 
so 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and we're going to consider this morning verses 3 through 11, and uh, probably this week and next verses 3 through 11, but for this morning, at least the first portion of this passage in verses 3 through 5. Now, before I get started by reading this passage together, I want to let you know that we are going to have a special guest at the end of the service this morning. No, it's not going to be a reappearance of the hand. Uh, it's going to be a very, very special friend of ours who is going to share with you how God's word has blessed his heart during a very, very difficult trial. Okay? Uh, so that'll be at the end. Now, from what I understand, a normal television program of an hour is about 38 to 40 minutes of screen time for the actors. What I understand about 30 minutes of television, that it's about 18 to 20 minutes of screen time for the actors. So if we're here from 10.15 to 11.15 without commercials, that's a long time for the human attention span. <laughs> so I want to commend you for hanging with us. I think we've kept it at or under uh, an hour in the first couple weeks together. We're going to seek to do that today. So we're going to get through the first portion of this passage in our text this morning. And then we're going to head to our special guest, sing a final hymn, and have prayer together at the end. All right? So let's read this passage together in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's begin together in verse number 3. The Apostle Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. For if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective, and the patient enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that, as you are sharers of the sufferings, so also you are sharers of the comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Kind of sounds to me like 1 Kings 19, right? Remember with Elijah a little bit there? Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us 
He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. You also joining and helping us through our prayers, through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Often when we preach through a passage of scripture, when I preach through a passage of scripture, uh, it's a blessing for me uh, in my own heart to put a hymn text, a song text uh, to the meaning of that scripture. I know the word of God says that we're to sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And there's some instructing that going, that's going on there. As I was studying this passage uh, throughout the week, uh, the hymn that's familiar to many of us, He Giveth More Grace. And the text I'd like to read for us this morning uh, as we continue on. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done. When we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. How His power, no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I think as you listen to the text of that familiar hymn, some of you may have started to sing it while we were speaking it. I think you could see layered throughout that hymn text truth that can be directly applied um, with what Paul's saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. So I'd like to give a proposition for our study of these verses this week and next. And it simply is this. Our church family is personally and corporately strengthened as we continue to learn and live the comfort of God. Our church family is personally and corporately strengthened as we continue to learn and live the comfort of God. Of God. Much of God, God's word speaks of his comfort to his people as they endure affliction. Various characters in the Old Testament, I know that we've seen that. You pick any character of the Old Testament, whether more glamorous or not, from Joseph to uh, Elijah to Daniel to David uh, and many, many more. Those who sought to remain faithful to the Lord uh, needed to and did experience the comfort that God gave to them. Obviously, the Psalms, right? Uh, the Psalter is given to us, these hymns of faith, many of them demonstrating to us the exclusive comfort that God gave the songwriter 
and his people, the nation of Israel. The prophets often, both major and minor prophets, often remind the people of God what the comfort of God is if they would but return to him and enjoy him. Obviously, the life of Christ, our Savior, exemplifies for us the life that finds comfort in his Father. And whole sections of New Testament books and some whole books like the book of 1 Peter are given to encourage and comfort suffering saints. So God has for us this week and next one of the most classic texts known to the church on understanding experience, and experiencing and living the comfort of God. And I know our hearts will be edified and compelled by God's grace to live this comfort among one another as we're reminded it is what it is and how it's to be applied. There are quite a few Christian cliches that you may be familiar with that mention various aspects of living through trials. Probably the most popular one. As a matter of fact, I think it's even spoken, I've heard it spoken often by people who uh, don't frequent churches, um, but it's even leaked out from the church to be a common phrase among us. Have you ever heard this one? Um, the Lord will never give you more than you can, and you can finish that, right? And that truth is given for God's people who know the Lord Jesus Christ personally from 1 Corinthians 10.13. One favorite author of mine in relationship to that text in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 said, when God puts his children into the furnace, he keeps his hand on the thermostat. And that's true, isn't it? Here's another cliche that was familiar to me when we were growing up for those going through difficult times. I was told by um, one of my ancestors, when the burden grows greater, don't ask the Lord to take it away. Just ask for bigger shoulders to carry it. And he does give more grace when the burdens grow greater, doesn't he? He does give us bigger spiritual shoulders. You've heard this one too. God, God is in control. He's still on the throne. You can trust him, right? God hasn't abdicated his throne. He's still sovereign a ruler of the universe that he's created and he's to be trusted and God allowed you to come into this trial and uh, this is one too that's often heard out in the public this too shall pass right it's not going to last forever it's going to be gone be strong through it and as an aged lady reminded me years ago when I was preaching at another church in Winter Garden Florida and that church was going through a difficult time the pastor stood at the pulpit overseeing a church business meeting. Uh, the, church business, the church was really on the threshold of a, of a major church split, which is an agonizing thing to go through or even be an eyewitness of. As the tensions were rising, as the meeting was concluding, uh, a dear lady in her 90s stood to her feet and was recognized by the pastor to speak. And she said, Pastor, I've been with this ministry and with you for 45 years. And all I know is that the Lord leads the way through the wilderness and all I have to do is follow. That's another uh, 
familiar phrase for us that maybe you've claimed uh, during your time of trial. But there's many more spiritual cliches with which I'm sure you're familiar. And the truth is many of them are founded in principle in the Bible. And I think you'll even see as we journey through this passage that we just read a few moments ago, that many of those cliches are applicable even with this truth that the Apostle Paul writes for us under the influence of the Holy Spirit here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So let's look now at the basic structure of the two paragraphs of this portion of Scripture. I believe it does section itself well by noticing three different words that you may want to highlight in your Bibles as we study this morning. The first word is found in the first verse. Actually, it's the first word of the first verse. Blessed. Blessed. If your eyes will scan down to verse number five, you'll see the word for as the first word of that verse. That introduces for us the second section, which comes at the second part of the first paragraph. The first paragraph is verses 3 through 7. Again, the first section, blessed. The second is introduced to us by the word for. And the same word introduces our third section for study in this short passage. The word for in verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware. So, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, 4, just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance. And then verse 8, for we do not want you to be unaware. So those of you that are used to the way I teach or preach, I like to take those sections, identify them for you. And then I like to give you an outline based on those sections and the wording. So if you take notes, um, you can write this outline down. You may be an audible learner, and you can memorize this as we give it. But first of all, in verses 3 and 4, we have an announcement that gives confidence to our hearts. An announcement that gives confidence to our hearts. Secondly, in verses 5 through 7, we have an advocacy that strengthens our hearts an advocacy that strengthens our hearts. And in verses 8 through 11, we have an awareness, an awareness that refreshes our hearts, an announcement that gives confidence, an advocacy that strengthens, an awareness that refreshes. So we've already read verses 3 and 4. I don't seek to do that again because we're going to go through it phrase by phrase now and conclude this morning just with this first point before we go to our special guest here at the end. An announcement that gives confidence to our hearts. Have you ever been an eyewitness to or maybe watched on television the regal announcement of a royal figurehead? From what I understand in history, these regal announcements of royal figureheads began with William the Conqueror. There was an expectation of uh, royalty to be introduced as his majesty or as a queen, her majesty. 
And historically, you may not have known this, but the reason why that was done is because they believed that these leaders had been appointed by a creator, a creator. Because that creator is majestic, so is the one appointed by that creator in that monarchy, historically, his or her majesty. So the announcement of these regal figureheads is intended to explain the nature of their position and then describe the quality of their person, the nature of their position and the quality of their person. And the quality of their person was to be seen in the way they lived their lives. That's really what the Apostle Paul is doing here. He's making a regal announcement, not about a human regal figurehead, but about his God, our God. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed. He is to be blessed. He is to be praised. He is to be exalted. Why? Because he is uniquely and ultimately our God, our creator. And he is to be blessed for who he is and what he's doing in us and among us today. Today. There are two other passages in the New Testament that introduce God the same way. So if you want to cross-reference here in the margin of your Bible, or maybe put in your notes, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, and 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. This should be pretty easy to remember. All three passages, the same chapter, and the same verse. Two of these regal announcements come from the same author, the Apostle Paul, and one obviously from Peter. But I want to notice something here that I think would be a rich blessing to your heart as, I, as it was to mine. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. You may already be there, but if not, I'll read it for us. Paul, who writes the text that we're studying this week and next, says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Now I'll read Peter's regal announcement. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undeniable and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Three regal announcements that describe for us our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
but there's something unique about each. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 describes for us our God and what he's done for us in eternity past before the foundations of the world and what he provided for us for our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter in his regal announcement describes for us what our God has done for us in his Son in relationship to our eternal future. We are born again unto a living hope that's protected for us, that's preserved for us. It's an incorruptible hope, and that hope commences for us uh, the moment we see the Lord Jesus Christ, when that trumpet sounds. But for now, that's a living hope in us, right? It's an organic hope that abides within us that compels us to become more like Christ and persevere through trials. So the Apostle Paul says God is to be praised for what he's done for us in eternity past in Christ, what he's done for us according to Peter in our eternity future in Christ. And what does Paul do in our text before us today and next week? He describes for us what our God's done for us in our present. In our present. A lot of authors, when you read uh, them in relationship to these three passages would tell you that really uh, this is more than a regal announcement. Uh, it's really a hymn, a hymn of praise to God that can be sung. And many hymn writers have taken these three texts and written hymns according to the truth that they teach. And, and truly for us, this is a song of praise for us in this chapter because of who God is and what he's done to bring comfort and solace to our hearts at this particular time and during the time of any trial. And you know what? For so many of you, you're enduring through trial or trials within or underneath this broad trial. None of us in our lifetime that I know of have experienced not just a local, state, regional, national, but global trial. We have some missionaries in Italy, and they have two elderly next-door neighbors who both lived through World War II. And they spoke to us and told us that they had not seen the country in this type of state uh, since that time. But they were realizing a familiarity about this particular present time as compared to wartime. None of us have seen this. But what we can be true is God is overall, and He is a God of comfort. And this is not new to Him. And you might be experiencing your own health trial in the midst of this global trial with a terminal illness or recent surgery and recovery, an incurable disease. You may have already come into uh, various kinds of financial trouble or domestic trouble. Trouble abounds because we live in a world that's been affected by sin. So regardless of your personal trial or trials that you endure through as we go through this global trial together as a global community, 
God is capable. God is able. God is. God is. And it's going to be a blessing for us to see how he's described here in the remainder of this regal announcement. Who is he in his nature? He is God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember reading that with me a few minutes ago? In all three passages that we've read a few moments ago, we notice that God is regally introduced the same way. I think it would be appropriate at this juncture to remind us or to inform us that God was not addressed in the Old Testament by his people with this term of endearment. He is God and Father, but he's Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, follow along with me here, uh, if you can, um, or if you would, because this becomes uh, very spiritually intimate truth for us during this time. When Jesus arrives on the scene of human history, he personally changes our relationship with our creator if we trust him. The Lord Jesus Christ lets us know, and I think he's really the first character of the scriptures that addresses God as father. Matthew chapter six, that model prayer that we're all familiar with. How does Jesus Christ address God? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our father. Wow, why did he call him father? Because Christ is the son of God. John chapter one and verse 12 tells us when you come to know Christ as your savior, you become a child of God. Now in Christ, in Christ alone, we are to address God as he is. The relationship for us in Christ is no different than it was for the savior. God sees us in his son and loves us as he loves his son. John chapter 17 and verse 23. Jesus says this in his high priestly prayer. I in them and you in me, that they, the them and the they are us, those who have trusted Christ, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 1, 6 that we are accepted in the beloved. John tells us in John 1, 12 that as many as believed in Christ, to them he gave the authority to be called a child of God. Paul reminds us in Galatians chapter 4, I believe it is, that we can actually address God as our divine papa or our divine daddy. In Christ, we have the same relationship with our creator that Jesus has. So friends, whatever the fa father did for Jesus while he was serving here on earth, he's doing for us as we serve. We are forever endeared to the Father because his son, Jesus, is dear to him. We are precious to God in Christ, and he will see to it that the pressures of life do not destroy us. The text also says in this regal announcement that he's the father of mercies. Again, it's really good for us to notice God as father 
to us in the second regal description. The phrase can literally mean that he is father of all kinds of unique mercies. He is the originator of all mercy. Mercy defined, as many of you know, is God withholding from us something that we do deserve. Punishment, wrath. But in Christ now there is mercy upon mercy for the beloved, for us as his children. Yes, God is merciful for those who don't know Christ, but yet God's wrath still abides upon the children of disobedience. Those that have never had their lives changed in direction by Christ, but God's mercy extended to them is to bring them to salvation if they would just see how merciful God really is. I think mercy is a good gift from God and a good gift from God that comes upon and given to all men. For those that don't know Christ, it can be a gift to draw them to know Christ. What do we know from Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22? It is the Lord, it is, the, it is of the Lord's mercies. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not all consumed. So you may need to take advantage of the mercy, Christ, God withholding from you what you do deserve, to turn your life over to Christ so that you might know mercy in this way. So if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, for those of us who are his children, God's children in Christ, God has withheld from us what we do deserve and that mercy is ever abundant, free, and eternal. Abundant, free, and eternal. In Christ is mercy for us forevermore. Psalm 25, 6 says that God's mercy is tender. It's manifold, as Nehemiah explains it in chapter 9 and verse 19. And it's great mercy, as Moses describes it in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 19. So which side of God's mercy are you experiencing today? The side that seeks to remind you that you need Christ? Or the side that brings peace because you know you are in Christ. And finally this morning, he's the God of all kinds of comfort. The word comfort here is used 10 times in our short passage. We'll discover those this next week. Two different words are used for the word comfort that we'll examine together. But I wanna remind us that God is first comfort to us in the comforter, the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 and verse 16, the Lord Jesus Christ describes the Spirit of God that will come, that will indwell us the moment that we're born again. So we have an eternal, internal, divine comforter. And God's the main source of comfort in him. But the Spirit of God is the Spirit. When he indwells us at salvation, God is our eternal comforter. Romans chapter 8 teaches us that when we're so broken and burdened by our trials, when we cannot even speak a prayer to God, the Spirit of God is there interceding for us with groanings that we cannot utter. But it says here that our God is a God of all comfort, literally all various kinds of comfort. Comfort tailor-made for your specific, unique, unique circumstance. He's creator. 
So he's eternally and omnisciently endowed with the capability to handcraft a comfort specific for you in each trial. So therefore, he's able to do what? He's able to comfort us in all of our affliction. And there's an exclusivity to that comfort. Only God, in certain circumstances, I would say in all circumstances, is exclusively able to comfort us. And we're going to see next week other layers of comfort that he brings to us. But for here, he's the God of all comfort, all kinds of comfort. And he's exclusively prepared to minister to you in this way. And what else does he do? Well, he works through us then. Barnabas was a son of comfort to Paul. It says here in our text, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And this is where we're going to pick up next week. This is the regal announcement that gives confidence to our hearts. And it's a unique divine confidence that's sourced in our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of mercies and the God of all kinds of comfort. Let's pray together this morning and let's hear a special testimony from a special friend who's experiencing a unique tailor-made kind of comfort for him right at this time. Father in heaven, we love you. Bless our hearts with this testimony, a living testimony of your divine comfort to all of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Listen to this testimony. We'll be back to close with the hymn. Greetings from the Jackson family. Uh, Pastor Tim had uh, requested that um, I might share a, a few blessings and some scripture thoughts that's helped us uh, um, through the hard times of uh, knowing um, the disease I have. But uh, I don't know that they're hard times we have many, many blessings that I'd like to share some of, and also scripture um, um, that uh, has helped me to carry carry on. But uh, first of all, the blessings. Blessings were that uh, my uh, daughter, Laura, and her, her husband, Pete, opened up their house and invited 27 people that uh, of uh, our family and friends to uh, give farewell to me. You know, it turned out to be an opportunity for Kathy and I to share the gospel with 27 people. What a blessing that was in itself. Another blessing was uh, she also, my daughter Laura, softening her heart to go through the discipleship book with the times I have to, uh, to understand what it means to be what the gospel of salvation means. What a blessing again. Also a 74-year-old man who I'd known for many years, for a few years, came to me with tears in his eyes and thanking me for showing him the love of Christ. What a blessing. You know that's not me, you know that's Christ. But these are some of the short blessings that I've already seen through this uh, disease that I'm having and heading through Christ. There's also three thoughts, uh, thoughts of scripture I'd like to share with you that uh, I find in, in the in scripture book that I have here. And uh, one of them is a joy in me. And it reads as uh, John 15, 
verses 10 through 12. Keep me always in your love, Jesus, just as you kept yourself always in your Father's love. Then your joy will be in me, and my joy will be complete. Remind me that the way to live, to have this joy is by loving you and loving others. That's John 15, verses 10 through 12. These are encouraging words to me. And, uh, and then we have God's promises of so many. Says, uh, and uh, Psalms 103, 17 reads, Thank you, Lord, that your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, and that you have promised to bless my children and my children's children. Your promise gave me strength to face the future, not only the future, the past, past, present, and the future. What a blessing to know that that promise will be kept and is being kept. <clears throat> also, 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 1, verse uh, 20, one of God's promises, he tells us, for no matter how many promises God's have made, you uh, they are yes in Christ. And to those through him, the amens is spoken by us to the glory of God. And I hope that this all is to the glory of God. And I pray that I do what his will may be for me. Lord, I love you so much. And last but not least, I consider anger. Uh, that enters into some of the things that we might be thinking on our last days is, in the end, God, you have not determined, uh, destined for me for anger, but to obtain salvation through my Lord Jesus Christ, who died for me so that whether I am awake or asleep, alive in the world or in the next world, I might live with him. Therefore, help me encourage my friends and my family who are also struggling now. May we build up one another. And that's First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 and 11. That's what we're here for, unity, and to build up each other and share the Lord of Jesus Christ's gospel. And last but not least, the encouragement that you've gotten through Grace Church of Mentor of our beloved family. It's unbelievable, the love and caring and sharing that's been shown upon us uh, through these uh, last days. We love you so much, and, and uh, if I can relate any of this while I'm up in glory with uh, Jesus, if I can uh, um, show you, tell you how great it is here, I promise I'll do my best to do so. It says, uh, I don't know if I will see you uh, Y'all again, uh, because of this virus that we're having. So I would like to say farewell in the Lord. Um, stay faithful, for God is on our side. We love you all and pray to see you soon. Amen. I thought that was a great living illustration of God being a father in Christ, uh, a father of unique, specific kind of comfort to a very special friend uh, to all of us.
Thank you, Mr. Jackson, for putting that video together. For those of you who are guests today, um, just before this virus came, uh, Joe was told that he had two months to live. And we had no idea when we heard that from Joe and his wife, Kathy, that this virus was coming. And the reality was that we may never have an opportunity to see Joe face to face again uh, if this um, stay at home order continued. So thank you, Joe. We're going to do everything we can to put together some videos of encouragement to you from folks on our flock so that you can see them and be encouraged by what your life and ministry has meant to all of us. And we look to get those to you sooner than later. Anyways, tomorrow night, by God's grace, we're going to send it out by way of email. Uh, we have been, uh, as I said earlier, um, told by the governor that we're an essential ministry in our community. And as long as we honor social distancing rules, we can be out and ministering to each other. So tomorrow, without leaving our cars, I would like to, if it happens to be okay with the Jacksons, uh, to have a car parade for the Jacksons at their home uh, tomorrow at 6.30. Now, uh, the Mentor Police Department's okay with that. We'll be okay. You're not gonna be able to get out of your cars, but we'll just drive by without stopping because I want you to be able to see this couple's face, Joe's face, uh, as a way to be comforted and to encourage them as he potentially lives out the final few days of his life here on this earth before he sees Jesus. So we will send out an email confirmation tomorrow as to that reality of that car parade happening at the Jacksons, and we'll look forward to uh, being encouraged by that together. Uh, we're going to have a final hymn at this time, and uh, you're welcome to be dismissed after we sing this hymn. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to staying in touch during the week, and I'll be back here tonight at 6 o'clock uh, so that we can encourage each other. All right? Lord bless you all. See you later on.